Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Five Spot. I'm your host, Donovan McNabb, joined with Armando Segarra. We have our Monday night game in the books. The Buffalo Bills versus the Denver Broncos. Who would have thought that this game would have came down to the wire? But more importantly, I was impressed by Sean Payton and his play calling, let alone the guy who everyone seems to pound on when it comes to negativity in Russell Wilson, a guy that's been efficient all season. Uh, People are kind of enamored by his numbers because when you look at this, their record overall and how they started, you would never think that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. So kudos to uh, Russell Wilson. But more importantly, their defense uh, really stepped up and played well. Vance Johnson has been a guy that's been on the hot seat and been talked about all season, especially when you give up a 70-burger to uh, the Miami Dolphins. But for the way that they've bounced back over the last couple weeks, I've been quite impressed. Uh, by the way they've been playing and uh, the pressure they're applying to quarterbacks and more importantly, creating turnovers uh, in the secondary. But Armando, when you watch this game, do you look at it more in in the sense of what is Sean McDermott doing? Is this all Josh Allen or just give credit to the Denver Broncos? Yes, absolutely, Donovan. Uh, (laughs) I go with D, all of the above. (laughs) And, I, you know, I'm sorry if I it took me a while to, to uh, you know, calculate that, because once you mentioned a burger, I was like, you know, <laughs> off in that realm, thinking about it. And a 70 burger sounds good. Um, so, man, the Denver Broncos have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills their last two games. Yeah. And. That suggests to me that their season's not over, that right. the team that did, in fact, give up that enormous scrumptilicious burger to the Dolphins, um, you know, has life and, and could do something this year. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, I mean, that Buffalo Bills season is like teetering off of a hundred foot cliff. Right. They're holding on by their fingernails, and it doesn't what we what we saw last night doesn't suggest that they're gonna climb out of this because their best player is is their their biggest problem right now. And, and I'm talking about Josh Allen. I mean, you saw him play last night as a quarterback watching a quarterback do do some of the things he did. I mean, is that okay with you? Well, this is something that's been going on all season. I think from the very first game against the Jets, I think people look at it in a sense of, oh, well, it's the beginning of the season. They're trying to get their stride. The The New York Jets defense is one of the elite defenses. So we kind of look past it. But uh, he had a spurt, I think, of about three games where he played fairly decent. But if you look at his numbers, I think all but one game, he threw an interception. 
And so I believe he had 11, 11 interceptions, 19 touchdowns, but 11 interceptions. And they've been really critical in tough situations. Now, don't get me wrong. Gabe, Gabe Davis has to catch that ball that went right through his hands on that, on that pick. But when you watch him, he looks, he looks out of rhythm. He looks out of sorts. His footwork is, is all off. So a lot of his balls are dying out, uh, throwing to Stephon Diggs. Now, the tight end stepped up and played well. And then also the turnovers, the mistakes, the, the ball handling of the fumble with Cook. Um, that was a bad mistake with good field position. Then Cook fumbling at the beginning of the game. Uh, so I just think when you look at Buffalo, Buffalo looks unorganized. They look out of sorts when your quarterback's not able to sustain drives uh, and just, just hit the check down. And this is what I go back to. We had this conversation, I think, last week. Leonard Fournette is on your practice squad. At least he can give you eight carries. I mean, Murray can give you at least 10 carries, but they have to run the football. We're getting in the time where it's going to start getting cold. I believe it was about 40 degrees out there in Orchard Park. It's time to now run the football, utilize the quick game, and take your shots about four to five times down the field. But this team, to me, it seems like they're looking for the explosive play so much. And Rim is Josh Allen because – his eyes go directly downfield before he even hits the intermediate part. Yeah. Josh Allen is victimized by two things, I think. One of them is his coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, it's not taking. Uh, I think that Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, the former quarterback at on that outstanding, amazing University of Miami 2000-2001 team. Don't remember um, that. Remember that team? Uh, well, you know, it, it's it's not translating. Whatever Ken Dorsey is telling him, right. assuming he's telling him the right stuff, it's not working because, like you said, Josh Allen is playing hero ball. Josh Allen has decided, I'm so good that the rules don't apply to me. And I can see where he's going. Because right. he has such gifts that maybe some rules shouldn't apply to him. He can do things with that arm that most human beings can't do. But those other guys on the other side, they can do things with their legs and their minds that most human beings can't do. And right. so when he's throwing, when he's locking into one receiver, uh, you know, 20 yards downfield on a, you know, on the sideline and right. he has to throw it 42 yards on a, on a rope, on a rope. And he's got terrible footwork and all he does is flick the wrist. Yeah. And he looked at the guy the whole time. Yeah. It's going to get picked off, dude. Uh, you know, what were you thinking? Nobody like Troy Aikman said on the broadcast last night, no quarterback in his right mind makes that throw, and much less with terrible footwork and and under pressure. And I mean, late. And late, right? I mean, yeah. Josh, his coaching should tell him, take, take the profit, take the seven yards, take the five yards. Don't try to be the hero mm -hmm. and take the 20 yards because you're going to end up hurting us. And he does. And well, it's... it's <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's it, it is frustrating because of his talent. 
But I think one thing we have to take into account, remember, we've always had Josh Allen in the top five category because he we felt like he was elite. Well, I think it's time to really put him in that category where a lot of people are coming down on other quarterbacks because of the same things that he's been doing. And so first time, shame on me. Second time, shame on, on you. Like, it's just now at what point are you going to hold yourself accountable? Yeah, shame on him, you me yeah. <laughs> them but i just i just think for i just think for right now where we are because we're getting into the meat of the season and if you're not playing at that level where you're at least even or going higher progressing then you're going to fall apart and i look at this football team they have to play miami again um they have i think three or four top teams that they're playing against and when you're playing at this level they may find themselves out of the playoffs. Now, who would have thought from the beginning preseason, we thought that they were Super Bowl contender. But is this one that I think maybe we need to look into the next situation that possibly could happen if this continues on? Will Stefan Diggs ask to be asked to be out at the end? Well, so this is what they have to do here. Uh, they have to play the Jets defense, which the Jets already beat them, right? Right. Uh, they have to play the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and finish. No, sorry. Uh, what am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> I know they got to so, play Miami. They have to play Miami. Well, they do have to play Miami. They, they definitely play have to New play England Miami. Again. Yeah. So this can't be right. Oh, yeah, here it is. They finish up with Miami. Right. So I was right. The Jets, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and then the Cowboys. Four games. That's their yeah. next four games. Yeah. Uh, and then they finish up with the, the Dolphins in Miami. Um, this team's not making the playoffs. They're not. They're not Ooh. making they're not in the playoff seating now. Right. They're five and five. And I don't see it getting better. I see it getting worse because on top of the fact that, you know, the offense is is all over the place. Right. And doesn't have a clue. Um, the defense is banged up. Injuries. Von Miller is Von Miller is a wall. I don't right. know where he is. Um, I mean, come on. AJ Epinesa is their best pass rusher. That's not <laughs> the plan. But that <laughs> that's the truth. And I, they're not making the playoffs, and at the end of the year, there's going to have to be a conversation about the job for the defensive coordinator because they don't have one. They don't have one. The offensive coordinator because the guy they have doesn't get heard or right. paid attention to. Right. And uh, you know, some they don't have a running game. Their their offensive line is supposed to be this great. And Deion Dawkins shows up to the game without a shirt, and I I see what he looks like, and I'm like, I'm not impressed by this. Yeah, I I, I kind of didn't really enjoy my dinner uh, at the CNN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bro, but I will say the positive away. of it all. With, yeah. I mean, and then you add to that having twelve guys on the field uh, at the end on the field goal. Uh, it just it just kind of piles up on all the things that we've seen leading up until this point. But one positive, I will say, it was good to see DeMar Hamlin uh, come on out 
and get an opportunity to get some reps out on the field um, after what we've seen last year uh, in Cincinnati. So for him to be back out on the field, even through injury, but still to get a chance to get back out on the football field, it was good to see Hamlet out there. But let's continue on with staying in the AFC uh, because two teams who we thought were starting to emerge uh, because of their two quarterbacks being the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and the Baltimore Ravens. When you think of the AFC, um, obviously Kansas City is is up at the top. And then you start to think of Cincinnati, the way they've been playing, Baltimore being uh, balanced on both sides of the ball, uh, the emergence of Zay Flowers on the offensive end and, and their running game uh, with Lamar Jackson leading the league with, with his completion percentage. Um, you would have thought that those teams – will start to now start to elevate, but then they suffer uh, losses to the Houston Texans being the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, and then the Baltimore Ravens falling to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, where do you see, just in this top echelon of AFC teams, now that we see Buffalo uh, losing, Cincinnati losing, and then Baltimore losing? And then, obviously, don't let me say it, but Travis Kelsey being uh, on tour with, with his boo-boo, uh, Taylor Swift, on their bye week. <laughs> wow. Wow. Another another picture you put in my mind that I don't appreciate. Thank you. Um, so I don't know why you're asking me because I'm stupid. I obviously am stupid because um, two weeks ago, I thought Lamar Jackson was like an MVP candidate, and I thought – the Bengals were coming and they were going to recreate the 10 game winning streak that they had last year. And I thought that the Ravens were, were really great on, on, you know, balanced offense and defense. And I think all of this, and now today we sit here and the Bengals lost the Ravens lost. The AFC North is is up for grabs. Up for a couple grabs. of teams that, you know, we've mentioned but haven't dug down on, the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. They're pretty good, yeah. especially on defense, uh, if their quarterback stays healthy, which he's not. He's and not. then the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have no rhyme or reason for being any good, they're good. Right. They're getting yeah. the results. They're, no, they're winning. They're not good. They're they're winning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Mike Tomlin, let me write down that name. Mike Tomlin, coach right. of the year. Coach of the year. Possibility, because yeah. D'Amico Ryans is doing some stuff too. Uh, but yeah, it's like, man, I, 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 there's no order in the no. NFL right now. There's nothing. It's like the best team one week is is disappointing you the next week, except for the Buffalo Bills. They're disappointing you weeks after weeks after weeks. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I don't get that. It they look the Bengals should have won that game, right? Um, uh, I think Boyd dropped a touchdown pass he, that yeah. would have yeah would have given them you know a significant lead. Right. Houston would have had to have driven the field in the last second, and we both know that that's not possible because C.J. Stroud has never done that. Yeah, he's uh, not very good. No, I'm kidding. CJ yeah, did that We are week. definitely kidding. Yeah. So uh, I'm just, man, 
I'm dumb. Thank you. That's my comment. Well, I just I look at it in the sense for the AFC. Remember, we had we had Miami at the top of the list when they were playing 500 teams, and then when they ended up playing Buffalo, which was winning at that particular time, they end up losing. Um, then they they played the Philadelphia Eagles uh, and had a chance to win that game and end up lo- losing that game. Uh, and every team that they've played that's been so caught in the upper echelon, Miami just wasn't able to complete the deal. But when Baltimore, over the last four to five weeks, it was almost like they were under the radar because Lamar wasn't wowing you with the explosive plays with the 50, 60-yard passes downfield. They were just methodically moving it and then obviously running the football um, with their running game. And that's been quite impressive uh, with Gus being being one of their, their leaders because J.K. Dobbins is out. Um, and so we thought Baltimore, with their defense, was going to start to now climb. The Cincinnati Bengals were the one that was so impressive to me because, yes, Joe Burrow was injured with the cap. But then they just went on a streak where we've seen the, the real Joe Burrow, his mobility, uh, his accuracy, the explosive plays. Defensively, I thought that's when they started to elevate because now they started – drawing a little bit more attention uh, by the way that they played against Buffalo um, and even the games prior. Uh, but then again, uh, I think this is the time where teams start to expose themselves and those that we kind of overlook start to rise. And then you have the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I mean, let's let's take that into account right now because you make mention D'Amico Ryan. But more importantly, see, let's give a little credit to C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud in the AFC, do you think the Houston Texans, uh, with their quarterback, their young rookie quarterback, do you think they have a chance of sliding into the playoffs? Yeah, of course. I mean, the guys throw for 826 yards or something like that the last two weeks. Right. Not only that, uh, I'm going to not just throw for 826 yards in the last two weeks. I'm going to put together back-to-back last-minute comeback victories in those two games against, you know, <laughs> against a, a, gr- a pretty great pretty good, yeah. Cincinnati team, a pretty good right. Cincinnati team. I, I, I mean, how do you dismiss that? You can't. That The dude is, is, is on fire. Yes. He's for real. Uh, it's yes. not like he's lucking into this stuff. Um, he's got that swag about him like this doesn't bother me man i've got right. confidence uh he he he's just there's something in there in that soul that is just coming out and it's hard to to turn away from I, that's all i can say about that well when i when i watch him i i personally thought that he was the best passer uh, in the draft coming out. Uh, and people want to look at Ohio State because they don't have the best reputation as far as their quarterbacks representing uh, in the NFL. Now, receivers, yes. And we've seen what they've had over the last five years. They've had first-round draft picks, uh, multiple first-round draft picks each and every year uh, from Ohio State. And they will have uh, one, possibly two, this year. So I looked at C.J. Stroud, and people wanted to talk about his test score, he wanted to wanted to say if if he was a guy that was uh, a team guy that that focuses in and prepares. Well, evidently we're getting those answers put out there right now because uh, everything that you've heard from his teammates were all about team. He's all about team. 
he's watching film and sending sending videos and messages out to players uh, by midnight uh, for them to take a look at what defenses are doing. So that's quite impressive. But I I say that to say this because we didn't even mention the Jacksonville Jaguars in that division. Now, will Jacksonville be able to win that division? Or you think that Houston Texans will be able to rise and finish it off? Yeah, well, right now, both of them, if the season ended today, and we know that it doesn't, both of them would be in the playoffs. The Jaguars right now are like the number three seed. Uh, Balt- uh, Houston is the number seven seed. And so they make it. Uh, yeah, your Buffalo Bills don't make it. <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals right now are out. They're, right. they're not in that, you know, uh, Super 7. And so right now it's Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Houston um, in the AFC. So I don't expect the the Texans to just collapse. I mean, injuries always is the X factor, right? And, right. and the Texans have been dealing with some this year, especially on the offensive line. But they have one of the best left tackles in the NFL in Laramie Tunsil. Yes. They, their rookies are playing, are balling. Uh, yes. I mean, that's a pretty good draft class when Tank Dell is your third best player and it's Tank Dell and he's pretty good. Um, and obviously, Will Anderson is pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I see. Let's start forgetting about reputation and let's go by what we see on the field because right the reputation is going to disappoint you right what we see on the field is the true picture and the picture is the Houston Texans are better right now and and playing better than teams like Cincinnati and Buffalo and stuff like that so I mean, we're, we're already looking right now for C.J. Stroud to become possibly rookie of the year if he, he sustains uh, this ride that he's on. Uh, and definitely, uh, we'll probably finish in the top five or so, top four uh, in MVP, depending on how things kind of end up toward the end. But let's go to the NFC uh, and talk a little bit about the Minnesota Vikings, a team that everybody thought when Kirk Cousins went down, that now they were going to start to fall apart. Um, and... and I think they were so far away from the Green Bay Packers, the Chicago Bears, um, the the Detroit is just Detroit. Detroit right now is the one that people just kind of look at and they go, oh, well, but they continuously find ways to win. But let's talk about Minnesota more. Uh, Josh Dobbs being traded. He talked about being here in Arizona where I am, uh, that the coach told him he wouldn't be traded. Boom, a couple days later. Uh, see you later. Here's your first class ticket. Thanks for everything. But not only that, he's changed the attitude and the mentality in that locker room. These guys love playing for him. And I've heard every nothing but great things about him. Um, coming from the University of Tennessee, um, the things that, that he does on the football field, but more importantly, uh, spending time with the guys. Obviously, didn't know the snap count. Uh, doesn't even know some of the guys' first names. Uh, but still, when the ball snapped, Hey, everybody got the same name. And so I'm impressed by the way that he's been playing. What have you seen so far from Josh Dobbs that's impressed you? Well, he is, uh, you know, he's brilliant. 
Let's yes. let's start there, right? Yeah, he's a smart guy. Because in a in another career, he would be an aerospace engineer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like the dude would be working for like NASA or NASA. yeah or SpaceX or somebody like that. <laughs> okay, dude, I get you. <laughs> All right, but because he is so gifted, you know that. He's he's in the NFL. He's been in the NFL for seven years. This guy is yes. not just a new person that just bursts on the scene. The right. thing is, no one has ever believed uh, enough in him mm-hmm. or seen enough from him in practices where he doesn't get most of the snaps anyway uh, to say, all right, we're going to give you a chance. And the Vikings, because they don't have another another guy basically they're gonna do that now and i'm wondering you know the vikings they don't have kirk cousins signed after the season he's gonna be a free agent um josh dobbs is on the scene if this if this arc if this current arc continues uh i for three or four more games i would say to you they're gonna try to lock him up as their quarterback because again we're forgetting the reputation and we're going with what we see the eyes. And, and what that guy is showing the, you know, the twin cities is uh, I may not know your name. I may not know your cadence. I may not know the playbook. I may not know, you know, the where the, where the locker room is <laughs> exactly, but I know how to play football right. and I know how to lead and I know how to work during the week. Um, and so come with me. And I'm like, cool. Uh, they're six and they're six and four. They are right now today in the playoffs. Uh, mm-hmm. their number seven seed, which is like you said, um, nobody expected that when Kirk Cousins went down. I surely didn't. Well, I mean, that's a tough call, a tough decision that they're gonna have to make. Obviously, you were explaining. Uh, the Kirk Cousins situation coming off of injury and Achilles injury, uh, but not locked in for next season. So I think for Kirk Cousins in this regard, for him to get back healthy, yes, I think they're going to ride the wave with Josh Dobbs, but I think also they're going to draft a quarterback, which is okay. But I look at his journey, and I believe he was he was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, was called to duty a couple times in Pittsburgh, from, ten, from Pittsburgh, I think he went to Cleveland. Then Cleveland to Tennessee and ended up starting a few games uh, because Tannehill was out. Uh, coming from Tennessee to Arizona and then now Arizona, Minnesota. So everywhere he's been, he's been called to duty to play. And he's played pretty, pretty well, to be honest with you, because it's unexpected. But I, I just think for Minnesota, I love what they have on offense. Uh, Madison, they're running back. I love Addison. Uh, Justin Jefferson is, hasn't even come back yet, so that's another added weapon. Uh, Hawkinson has is, is been playing well. Um, they're tight end, which they have a rapport with each other because they train together with something that nobody really knew. And I think Hawkinson had over 120 yards receiving last game. And then their defense is, is doing a pretty decent job. So I just think for the Minnesota Vikings, I'm quite impressed by what I'm seeing. I look forward to good things happening in that battle between them and Detroit. Uh, it's going to be one that is going to be quite interesting 
getting toward the end of the season. So uh, keep an eye on that aspect of it with Josh Dobbs. But let's let's now move to the collegiate ranks. And um, everyone has now put the University of Michigan up on notice uh, after everything that's happened over the last couple weeks with Jim Harbaugh, the Big Ten, uh, NCAA, suspending Jim Harbaugh for the next three games, I believe, including this last one that they just played in against Penn State, which they beat Penn State. Uh, what do you expect to happen from this point on now? Do you expect them to fight it? Uh, is this an opportunity for them now to put everything out on the table and end up changing things? Or will he have to sit until the playoffs start and then he can come back to coach? Well, as you know, we talked about this in in our last episode. And I told you, there's a lot of lawyers at Michigan. The Michigan Law School is prolific. And sure enough, when the Big Ten came down with their with their you know suspension, it was about 37 seconds later, uh, <laughs> the lawyers from Michigan went out en masse and got all over the place. Right. And, you know, so there is a hearing on Friday as to, you know, uh, a temporary restraining order uh, yeah. for Jim Harbaugh. And the lawyers will, you know, walk in with to whatever their fight song is it hail to the victors or whatever yeah. uh whatever their fight song is the lawyers will fight walk into the court and then jim harbaugh dude he's gonna he has promised that he's gonna talk at his at his temporary restraining order hearing i wonder if that's a good idea <laughs> I, I wonder jim you really want to do that, dude? Because yesterday he was talking, and one of the things he said was that Michigan is America's team. <laughs> well, um, but um, the other America's team hasn't been America's team over the last 30 years. So I don't know if you really want to refer Michigan uh, as America's team. Uh, but I, I have this because I watch Law & Order, so, you know, I'm on top of the law game. <laughs> in court uh but do you think that this is more of just trying to put everything out on the table and show that we have nothing to hide or are they doing this like we talked about in the last episode do you think that he's trying to get ahead of the game in case now they bring in the guy that they have on video no look uh everybody it, it's america still so everybody should have a defense and everybody should have a chance to defend themselves, innocent until proven guilty, all that stuff. Right. So I don't have any problem with there being a hearing on this. It's wonderful. It's good. Good for Michigan. I get it. And I make fun of their, you know, enormous, gigantic law school. But I get it. They, they should do this. Yeah. But the idea that one of the things that a lawyer would tell you as a client not that I've been a client many times in felony court or assault court or anything. <laughs> what do you, what do you mean there, Armando? Not that I've not that I've needed legal assistance many times over <laughs> you know uh, a, a bad judgment or or bad temper. Not at all, um, but. They tell you, shut up. Yeah, stay quiet. Talk, stay quiet. Right? 
Yeah. Right? Because they are paid and professional talkers and right. debaters. And you are the assaulting, you know, dude party. You're not good at that. <laughs> You're doing something else. Yeah. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's not good at talking in court. Again, America's team. What the hell is that? I mean, uh, so if you had to pick a college, a college program that was America's team, would it be Michigan? Uh, no, it it might have been Alabama, probably. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't. I mean, you know, you talk about a team that always rep represents in the playoffs and possibly win championships. Um, that wouldn't be Michigan, obviously. But but I, I just I look at in the sense. In, in in this regard for the Ohio State Buckeyes, or not Ohio State, the Michigan Wolverines, excuse me, um, because they will be playing Ohio State. Uh, and what happens if they win out? What's hap what happens if they beat Ohio State? Now they're going into the playoffs. Will this be a now a reconvene from uh, the NCAA and the Big Ten about having them sit for the playoffs? Or will he be allowed to come back and coach? Uh, well, I guess it'll depend on what the Big Ten does next. By the way, the Big Ten is a joke. They suspended him for three games, but you can coach during the week. So I think I did the math. There's something like 175 hours in a week of which Jim Harbaugh can can be the coach for like 168 of them or something. Maybe there's 172 hours. And the point is three hours a week, he's not allowed to be the coach. The other hundred plus hours, he's fine. You can be the coach. So you may, we think you cheated, but you're free to be the coach for, we're suspending you for three hours a week, which is a joke. Um, if I had to pick an, an America's team, and, and by the way, understand, all I care about is the University of Miami. And in, <laughs> in our heights, uh, we were the hoods team. Y'all had a lot going on there, too. <laughs> we, we had all this talent from Liberty City and Alapata. And and you know uh, Carroll uh, City and Carroll uh, City yeah. and Central Miami and we were the Hoods team and that's how I like it. Uh, <laughs> but America's team that would have to be Notre Dame, no? That would have to be Notre Dame because you know uh, <laughs> whatever Notre Dame. All right, we're not talking rivals. Come on, Armando. Relax. Okay. Another true story about Notre Dame. And I that was a touchdown, too, in the right corner of the end zone, just so you know, with Miami. Against Ohio State, no? Back Miami versus Notre Dame when they didn't call it. That was a touchdown. He caught it. Back in the day. Fair. Yeah, true story about Notre Dame. In the 70s, Notre Dame would, like, destroy Miami 56-3 to or something like that. And then Miami got good, and it was the other way around. So what did Notre Dame do? Canceled. We don't want to play you anymore. You're <laughs> you're bad for us. We don't believe in your program and what you stand for. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what you don't believe is having it handed to you the way you handed right. it to us for so many years. <laughs> That's my piece. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. All right. We're, we're getting a little off tangent. Let's, let's uh, close it up here. 
Uh, we, we appreciate you watching the five spot. We will be back again uh, this week. Check us out on Thursday uh, as we recap some of the things that happened during the week, talk about the games on the weekend, things to look forward to. There's some pretty big games that have, have a lot of meaning going forward since we just talked about the AFC now kind of being up and down on a rocky road. Who's going to now elevate themselves and separate themselves in the AFC? But keep an eye on the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, the Detroit Lions, um, you know, these teams in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys are playing well. Who's going to separate themselves going forward? So tune back in here at the five spot for more.